So what's up? Hey, this is Robert Sanchez, host of Firefighter Kingdom. We're back um, with my co-host, uh, Vince Trujillo, and producer. Uh, Vince is the guy who, who uh, makes everything look nice. You see all the graphics on, on our Facebook and our social media. And thanks to Vince Trujillo for all that. And he's uh, he's our, he's always gets off in our community segment and starts talking. But uh, we're, we're fortunate today um, to have uh, two of Tulsa's greatest uh uh, Brian Lloyd and, and Chad Miller and uh, That's debatable. <laughs> and uh, you know I'm actually extremely honored to have a uh, teach with uh, Chad Miller um, and uh, the pep instructor program through the IFF and thanks Chad you know you're a great instructor I've, te- I've taught with and I won't say that ever again so don't tell the other pep instructors man so how you doing Chad how you doing Good. Mr. Lloyd Good, great man so I just let's get started here. I just I just wanted to talk. So uh, I was interested. I, I just kind of started hearing about the smoke diver program, you know, and um, I've heard about it, you know, just across the country, just been teaching and just hearing about it more and more. And I was kind of interested. And I said, I'm going to give Chad a call and see if uh, you guys will come on and, and talk about your program. And so I'm glad to have you guys. We're, we're lucky. The Firefighter Kingdom uh, is, is lucky to have you guys and that the rest of the United States or the world, in some cases, we actually have people uh, who download uh, throughout the world and listen to this podcast. So we're lucky for that. Um, so let's just get started. So both of you uh, gentlemen are, are district chiefs uh, there in Tulsa district. Uh, and correct me if I'm not saying the correct uh, rank structure, but uh, that's, that's correct. Okay, so District Chiefs in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you guys are also um, uh, the top uh, elders um, of uh, the Oklahoma Smoke Divers Association. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Nice. So, uh, Chad, tell me a little bit about yourself, man, the fire career, and how would you get started in the Smoke Diver program and your career there in Tulsa? Man, I'm a, I'm a third-generation firefighter. So I grew up as a little boy watching my grandpa and my uncle um, in the fire service, my dad had a 20 year career as a volunteer in the town that we grew up in. So um, I got interested in it pretty quickly after school, started as a volunteer firefighter, moved to a paid department in a small town next door in a suburb community of Tulsa. And then uh, Brian and I got hired in the same class 20 years ago this past April. Um, so we both came to Tulsa at the same time and have just progressed up the, up the ranks um just i'm the new the newest promoted district chief in our department as of about a week ago and you know like you and i like you said you and i you know i've done some teaching teach with the international association of firefighters i've done a little bit of union work for my local um and then teach a lot uh, also just around the state for various fire service uh organizations nice congratulations on the promotion brother thank you so my, like Chad said, I came on the 2000 and we came on together. I wasn't, I, I was never around the fire service. I didn't know any firefighters. How I, I kind of got into it was uh, I grew up wanting to be in the military. You know, I knew from like age 10, I had army stuff on my walls and joined the military. I did six years active duty. I did one deployment. Um, and then I was just kind of like at a slow time. There was nothing going on. And I was getting ready to do a third enlistment. And I thought, man, if I enlist one more time, it's, I'm going to make this a career. Um, and my uncle was actually a cop in Tulsa. And he kept telling me, man, I, I wish I had been a firefighter. <laughs> and he's like, all oh, these guys are always hanging out. And, and anyway, anyway, I was home on leave. And he's like, man, you need to go check it out. Go talk to them. He goes, you'd be perfect for, for you know, with 
you know, you're used to being in a group, being in the military. You know, I went down and talked to some of the guys and uh, I said, you know what, there was a test coming up, an entrance exam. And I just said, if I do good on this entrance exam, I'm going to get out. And if I don't, I'm going to stay in the army. I did good. Um, they're like, yeah, man, you did great. We'll probably see you in the next class. So I get out of the army and then I didn't get hired. So, you know, <laughs> welcome to the fire service. Yeah. But anyway, I just got some job, got hired my second time. And, uh, you know, Chad and I had pretty similar careers. We were both, we both came out of the academy. We were both on the rescue team, you know, the rescue task force. Both of us were at different stations, but always liked the training, you know. Um, so our, our, our careers kind of were always close, you know, kind of gravitated by each other. You know, the smoke diver thing, how, how it kind of got going was in 2003, um, I was just, I was working out at our, our headquarters gym and a chief came in and he goes, Hey man, you want to go to the most challenging training that, that I've ever been to? And he just come back from Mississippi's program. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like 27 at the time, you know, I'm think I can do anything. I'm like, yeah, bring it, man. Let's, let's go. So me and another dude went down there and we went completed, uh, I, mean, I completed Mississippi's program and loved it. At the time there was three or four guys in Tulsa that had been through, you know, I was still a firefighter in the back of the truck and, you know, I just, I was still learning the job, you know, I kind of just shelved it like, man, this train would be cool to deliver someday. And, you know, fast forward 20 years, or fast forward about 17, 18 years, I was promoted to district chief and I thought I was going out to a district and they came to my station and said, Hey, congrats. You're promoted as of today. You're the new training chief. So I got in there and started learning that job. And I thought, man, I got, I got the platform, you know, to get hold of my old contacts and maybe we can bring this program to Tulsa. A lot of guys were interested in it and it kind of just took off from there, man. Nice. So good thing you passed your firefighter test a second time where you'd be a cop probably. Cause that's what, that's what always happens. <laughs> man. I don't know. Like, like I, I told, I, I joke around. Like I grew, I don't know how old you are. Man, me, but I grew up watching Miami vice. Like they had the fast cars and the boats and everything. And I thought like that was being a cop. Once I realized that that's not it at all, I'm like, I'm out, man. I'm doing the firefighting gig. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I tell all the cops around here, man. Or some friends of mine say, you, you know, you come past the firefighter exam, so you're going to cops now. So you're stuck <laughs> with it. They could just dream now. That's what I tell them. So now nah, they're, they're, they're really good friends of mine. So, so I mean, I, I watch, I'm sure everybody watches, you're used to watch Live PD, man, in Tulsa. There's some crazy oh, yeah. things that happened down there. I just, I didn't yeah, realize man. that. We're friends with a bunch of those cops and, and, uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's a it's not that big of a city, but for whatever reason, a lot of crazy stuff happens here. So, well, it's, it's like it's, Albuquerque. It's, I'm sure you hear about this. You know, Breaking yeah. Bad and everything else. But. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what's uh, I mean over here? It's crazy with this COVID thing. I mean, I don't know. Is it as crazy down there as it is over here? This it's just you know how is it in oh, the fire station? That's what he's doing right right now is the COVID response. All this, all yeah, that. We're like everybody else, man. You know we. At one point in time, we had literally like 15% of our of our field personnel off on quarantine at the beginning, and you know we've we've been monitoring that since the beginning. I had a, a unit up here that is kind of we track all of our people that are sick or in quarantine, and, and we've gotten a lot better over the last few months. We've made some changes to you know, putting people off versus putting them on a, like a monitor schedule. So they just watch their cell for two weeks and it's really helped our numbers a lot. Um, but it's crazy, man. We went from, Hey, you can't go anywhere to, 
now you go in a restaurant, you got to have a mask on when you walk in. But as soon as you sit down, apparently at the table, it's good. You can you're take safe. You're, you're safe. safe at the table. Right. So, you know, it, it, none of it makes sense. But we're, you know, we're just getting by like everybody else. Right. Yeah. Same here, man. It seems like it's, you know, most of the firehouses and fire stations across, you know, uh, across the United States are dealing with the same stuff. You know, it's just. Like you said, you know, at first it was everybody wearing them constantly. And, you know, now it's kind of, I shouldn't say lax because it's still a requirement here in New Mexico. I mean, you can't go anywhere without wearing a mask. But like you said, in a restaurant, as soon as you sit down to eat, you, can, you don't have COVID no more, I guess, where it's, there's no chance <laughs> of spreading it. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, I was just curious on that. So, uh, you know, with the Smoke Diver program, I, so how did, so how many states, uh, I, I just noticed there's, there's, there's some, some in Georgia, correct? Do you say Minnesota, Oklahoma? How many states actually have a program? So there's, uh, like Brian said, Mississippi has a program that kind of runs on its own. Florida, I, I believe Florida was actually the first smoke diver program in the country. Um, oh, okay. Georgia, Indiana, and Oklahoma, um, all three of our programs are, Georgia was the first one. So back in the late 70s, uh, some Georgia guys went to the Florida program. And then came back and started the Georgia Smoke Divers program. And then off of that program, Indiana's program and our program have, were, I don't know if subsidiaries is the right word, but we base our, those two states base their program off of the Georgia Smoke Diver model. Okay. So, yeah, there's, there's, so there's five or I think there's like, uh, I think Alabama, there's, there's five or six states that have them. Um, Florida. Florida, Indiana, Georgia, and Oklahoma are all our six-day programs. Uh, Mississippi's is five. I think I think it's Alabama that has like a four-day. Um, so there, so maybe six, seven states. And then, but the, the, you know, there's no copy copyright or trademark. So if you Google search it, you can pull up thirty. Anyone can use the name Smoke Diver. There might be a one-day Smoke Diver course in this state, or but as far as week-long programs, there's there's five to seven states that have a have a program okay. so the states are on the the states um the five states that have them here in the united states is it is, is the the curriculum similar um through all the states or does every state kind of change it up a little bit or is it is it different so it's a great question and and pretty much georgia indiana and oklahoma are all you know it, like, like georgia's the they started it and then, but you know, like they all joke, say, Hey, we're taking over the world. It's like, the, then we do the Dr. Evil laugh, you know, but right. so it's, it's pretty much, <laughs> they have the outline and then each state, you know, Indiana and us, you know, we follow their outline, but they also encourage us if we need, if we want to change an evolution, because the, the premise of the program, it's, it's taking line of duty deaths and then recreating those scenarios and putting firefighters in those scenarios and then showing them how to successfully mitigate the, the incident. So last when we were in Georgia last year, they just had a collapse incident where luckily the firefighter, they, they got them out just in time, but they were building a scenario um, for that. So they took, they, you know, Georgia and Indiana, we, we always talk back and forth. So like, hey, if you have something come up that happens in Tulsa, then, you know, we have a core, a core number of, of scenarios that we want to run every class, but maybe if something happens, you know, three months ago, um, that we feel like we need to implement. We, it's kind of, it's plug and play is what I'm saying. We can, we have like the same seven or eight we do every class, but if something happens and we want to change them, there's no like hard, fast rule that says you, you have to. Mississippi's, I, 
I only know because I went through theirs, um, you know, years ago. It's it's a little different. It's run by the state fire school. Oh, okay. And so they have it. They have dedicated. They have you know they have dedicated instructors there that like these five guys run smoke diver. These five guys are rescue. These five hazmat. Um, so theirs is the same. It never changes. And um, it's pretty similar. It's pretty similar. You know, same same premise of taking bad scenarios and showing showing guys how how to get out of them. You know, there's is a little more, um, there's a little more stuff using ropes, you know, you, know, you have to be able to tie a Swiss seat, like, uh, you know, so there's a little more like there's some repelling stuff, you know, n- nothing crazy like, um, well, you know, like that, like that rescue and FDNY did a couple of days. Crazy, ago. Huh? That's crazy, huh? That's yeah, like a good like, rescue right there. And, you know, those guys train, you know, all, all the time for right. that kind of stuff. Um, but the difference on, on Mississippi's is, there's a little more of, of that kind of stuff, like rappelling down. Um, so, so yeah, but, but they're all pretty similar uh, for the most part. Right. So tell me a little bit about the program. I mean, cause I was just, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed, you know, watching the videos and, and going through firefighter training, obviously myself and you know how hard it is and how tired you get. I mean, I don't think the general public really knows, you know, having the gear on, I mean, we've all been there, they feeling the heat and all that stuff. And just watching some of the videos and talking to you know, chat a little bit, and just uh, some other uh, firefighters around the country that I've talked to that have been through the smoke diver programs. I mean, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue that it would. It, you guys are some of the elite, right? I mean, they're, they're, it's a tough program to get through. And tell me a little um, bit. I'm sorry. I, go ahead. You know, I, I, <clears throat> elite. I don't know that I would put that word. I mean, at the end of the day, man, we're we're like everybody else. Um, it, it is by far, you know, probably. On, on at least ours, uh, the, the, the six day, the structured programs physically and mentally, it's going to be the hardest thing. Most of our people have ever done unless they've been in the military or some other, other type of service like that. But, you know, our programs are built to Oklahoma, Georgia, Indiana. Um, there's a, there's a PT component built in the front end of ours each day. And the PT is not to get you physically fit. It's not to punish you it's to make you tired um, both mentally and physically and then we teach the first half of our of our class or, or teaching day so we teach you skills that and then we the last half of that class we're gonna we're gonna put you in center into scenarios and we're gonna test the skills that we taught you and like Brian said the the goal is to take line of duty deaths and and give our firefighters the skills they need to to you know, be adaptable to get out of those situations. At the same time, you're, you're developing critical decision-making in, in as high stress of, a, of an environment as you can get um, in a training scenario. You know, all of, our, all of our evolutions are 1403 compliant where we use live fire and those types of things. Um, so, you know, we may, you know, everything is still within the standard. So we're trying to make it as stressful as we can. And, and we use the PT in the day, it, you, you do PT like that for six days straight. At the end of day six, you're, you're whooped. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, Robert, as well as we do in the fire service, things, bad things don't happen the minute you get off the truck. It's after you've been there and you've worked through two bottles and you're tired. That's when the bad stuff happens. And Absolutely. so we have to train that way. Right. So um, what's, the, what's the main goal? that you know so you know you, you go through your program and not everybody makes it and i could see why uh what's the main goal when you want when you have participants or you uh, come out of your program what what do you want what's your goal what do you want them to have 
what tools or training um, do you want them to have when they get out of your program? So that's a great question. And backing up to the last one you asked is, you know, we, we came in, George's program has been around, like Chad said, since the late seventies and, you know, they, they kind of spearheaded that, you know, Florida and, and, and Georgia, they kind of spearheaded this whole thing. And, and, and the, the motto, you know, the logo, it's the elite view, strong in mind and body. And for me, you know, it was kind of hard to wrap my head around that because I'm just a regular dude. And I don't, I'm like any other firefighter. I don't think I'm anything special, but I am proud of the accomplishment that I was able to make it through and the, the program. And if you ask 10 guys what they think it's about, you'd probably get 10 different answers. But for me, um, there's a couple of things that as the chief elder of the program that I want guys to take away from it and girls, you know, we had, I went through, uh, in Georgia, there's a female, Melissa Russell. She was the first female that had come through and, and, in like 30 years and made it about halfway through the week and went out on a scenario Well, she came back and, and made it through with Chad, um, in his class. So it's, it's male and female, but, but, but what I want guys to bring out of it is like Chad said, unless you've been in the military or played sports at a high level or done, I don't, I don't know what else, but most guys don't know what they're capable of mentally. And, you know, the Navy SEALs kind of repopularized that 40% rule. Um, they, the military's used that. I heard it when I was in the military 20 years ago, 25 years ago it is when you think you're done, you've got so much more left in the tank. But most, most guys are not ever put in that position. Um, they're not ever, they don't ever get that kind of adversity. They don't even know what they're going to do when they get there. And that's what the program, to me, it's we want to train guys. It's like Chad said earlier. Most stuff happens when you you breathe down that second air bottle and you're so tired you just want to lay down. Sure. We get guys, we get firefight, we train them to that point, and then we put them in these, these intense scenarios on the fire ground and we're just showing him that we're teaching them that to dig down and persevere. And, and you know, the, the program to me, it's 50% of it's, it's teaching men and women mental toughness. And like we always joke, you know, we were teaching a class the other day and some sub four rescue. And, and we said, well, what would you do here? Like, well, I, I don't know. Well, there's no one else coming. When you call 911, it's us, man. And you know that Robert, and right. we're trying to teach, we're trying to teach them like, you get the, we're trying to train people to just see, to be able to unlock the potential they have inside of them. Okay. And to teach them that when something bad goes, goes wrong, uh, I could stay calm. And it's, it's kind of like the military would, would put, I was in six years in active duty and they would put us in this really intense training to show you that when you're here in real life, you can reach back in there and say, Hey, I've been here before. I know what I know what to do here. That's the smoke diver program. It, it broke down to the, to the bare essences. We're going to take men and women and put them through these horrible scenarios. The first three days, we're going to give them the tools to be successful. And then we're going to put them back in there, high heat, zero visibility. And, and we're going to show them that by relying on your training, by staying calm, um, you're going to be able to successfully mitigate, you know, this scenario. Um, but then, but then from there, once they successfully pass that class, we want them to go back, you know, the military calls it a force multiplier. And what that means, they, they call the special operations force multipliers. So they will drop a special forces team of 12 men in, and then that tw those 12 men will train hundreds. And the, the reality is not everyone that comes through the training is going to make it. But myself, Chad, 
seven or eight other guys from Tulsa made it. And then we were able to come back and take that training, whether everybody can make it through or even wants to make it through, we can still take that training back to our departments and, and deliver it to the men and women. And, and we have been, we've been teaching classes for a couple of years now from what we learned that one week. So it's, you know, I could go on all day, but in a nutshell, it's mental toughness. And then it's, it's teaching servant leadership. That's the, that's the two things you hear all week is that you are nothing special because you have this training that your, 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 your goal, your expectation is to take this training back to your department, back to your community, be a humble public servant, and then, and then give it to the men and women in your community and, and help them be successful. You know, it's, it's, it's not about like, Hey, I'm, I'm some badass because I've been through this program because just like when we referenced, you know, that, that rescue in New York the other day, those guys know, those guys have probably forgotten more than we've ever learned. You know, sure. all we are is a couple dudes in Oklahoma that are trying to take that, you know, that, that saying in the fire service, we're trying to leave it better than we found it. We are not the experts, but we are trying to, we're trying to make a difference, you know, and that's it, man. Right. And, you know, and, and it is hard there, you know, at home and, you know, I've actually had the, the honor of teaching our fire academy for a year back in 2011. But I mean, when you say firefighters are trapped where if they're in trouble, like you said, man, you're not calling 911 because we are 911. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah, <laughs> there's no one you're going to call to help. So you better like calm down and help yourself or there's nobody out there that's going to come and help you, you know? So, you know, that hits hard. And, you know, I would say it's a prestigious honor, um, to, um, to be a smoke diver. I mean, just all the training they go through. I mean, I was, I was even just, you know, researching and just, like I said, you know, the firefighters, I've had the good opportunity to talk to in the fire service, but there's even some smoke diver programs that even have a, a pool aspect of it where they throw the firefighters in a pool and full bunker gear and SCBAs. Do you guys yeah. do that in your program? Yeah. So, so we just had our first class back in March and, and that is definitely um, it wasn't part of our curriculum in March because we just logistically, we couldn't find a facility to do it. But the Georgia program does it. I believe Indiana does it as well. It'll, it'll be incorporated in our, in our program as we get our logistics worked out. And, and I know, you know, you and I have talked before that you can, so we made a, we had a bad winter storm come through here back in like 2007. And, and one of the fires I went to that night, um, we're in the back of this house in a, in a pretty nice neighborhood. And one of my guys literally steps off into a pool. I mean, it's right there at the back door. And so we, you think about, Hey, what, how I'm never going to wind up in, a, in water in my gear. Well, yeah, you could, you know, you could, Absolutely. you know, my wife's family members have a house that has a pool inside the house. So it's not, it, it's not uncommon to be in situations where we could get in, into a water scenario, basements, elevator shafts, in all of your gear. So the, the purpose of all of that is to literally teach our guys that, hey, you know, stay calm. Um, here's, here's a technique to get out of that gear. You can, you can breathe. That, that SCBA, that apparatus will breathe underwater, even though it's not designed to do that. And if you, if you stay calm and use that air that's trapped in your gear, you'll float as heavy as all that stuff is when it gets wet. If you don't panic and remain calm, you'll stay above the water. You can keep your mask on and you can slowly disassemble your firefighter clothing and then get yourself out of that situation. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I was when I was uh, watching that and just talking to you, Chad, I mean, it's true. I mean, what, the, sometimes the the things that you think aren't going to happen, they happen, you know. Like you said, you know, if they have swimming pools in their <laughs> homes and, you know, it's dark and smoky. We all know what it's like to be in that situation. It's hot and you're crawling and you fall into a swimming pool. I mean, so, I mean, sometimes, you know, firefighters don't think about that. I know the public don't think about that. I mean, that's just another another mm. danger or, you know, a ca- that we have to be cautioned uh, with um, in the fire service when you're doing search or, you know, um, uh, suppression. Or, Brian, uh, Brian and I worked the last year in the same district, and, and um, one, of the, one of the buildings we have, and we actually went and did a survey, is an old hotel that's been boarded up, and the homeless people have gotten in it, and it still, to this day, has a pool on, in, on one side in the corner of the building that's full of water. So you roll off in that thing, you know, making a fire, pitch black dark, and and you know you make the wrong turn or take the wrong step, you're you're neck deep in that stuff. Um, so it can happen. I mean, we, it's it's a reality, a possibility more than we probably think. Right, especially here in Oklahoma, Robert. Like I, I don't know about New Mexico, but we have we have real bad flooding here. Um, you know, the weather in Oklahoma, tornadoes. Like every every year, I ask myself why did i why do i live in oklahoma man because <laughs> the weather's just crazy but there's there's we have a real bad flooding um you know we had a line of duty death a few years ago chad was actually friends with the guy and, and a drowning and um so it's it can happen you know and it's something is it a one in a million deal probably but you know hey we've got a couple extra hours during the class um it's it's awesome training you know the military does a similar training they call it drown proofing and um so yeah it's uh it, it's definitely you know maybe it's one in a million maybe it helps somebody um but it, it's also pretty fun too it's pretty cool right well i mean just watching video sometimes or just watching the news sometimes these small departments in the united states it seems like when they're doing ice rescues or even river rescues it seems like some of these departments are still wearing bunker gear yeah and yeah. so i mean that training could come hand in hand with a department that still wears bunker gear. I'm not sure it's the wisest thing to do, you know, but um, you, you still see them out on boats or rafts and, you know, in their bunker gear in the middle of a lake or whatever the case may be. So I guess that's a situation where that training would also come in handy. Yeah, it absolutely could. I mean, like when we, when we teach the, cause that, that's, that's something we've actually taught some departments around here. They were interested. And, you know, the first thing we, we say is this is not the uniform form for you know sure. during the flooding or around water you don't want to be that we, we're not showing you this so you can wear the gear around water it's like that's not you want to be you know in tulsa it's like you know pfd helmet and then our shorts and a t-shirt absolutely you know? that's what that's what we wear on water stuff but but uh but yeah like i said it's it's we taught it around and it's just it's that one in a million you know bad day it, it's just another tool in the toolbox if that happens here here you go you know right absolutely and just you know, going back to, uh, you know, what you said, Brian, about that New York firefighter, that rescue. I mean, that's going to be huge news. You know, those uh, those guys are definitely uh, uh, great firefighters, as we know, there in New York. And just, you know, watching them, I mean, doing a rope rescue from the from the, from the the rooftop. I mean, we've all done repelling and rope rescue. But, I mean, doing it with fire, you know, having the chance for the rope to burn. I mean, that's... That's, that's, that's a great rescue. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing, like the funny about firefighters and, and, and soldiers, at, you know, athletes, it's like the regular person sees that and they're like, Oh, that's horrible. 
I guarantee those dudes without even knowing them, they're like, oh, they're like, hell yeah, this is awesome. You know, yeah, like, exactly. you're waiting for that your whole career, you know, right. like, so like we love, like, you know what I mean? Like those dudes were probably, you know, I read an article that said um, one of the dudes, I think it was the guy that was, that was hanging out. Uh, I think his name was uh, Brian something, but he said they'd literally been practicing that technique a few hours before that day at the station. Um, so it's like, you know, is that something that we're going to practice in Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mean, we, we, we do. There's, there's actually a little component in the smoke diver where it's, it, it's, it's bailing out or, or, or lowering yourself down. But I promise if I lived in New York city and I was surrounded by high rises, you know, you know, those dudes are practicing that stuff all the time. So I bet, I bet those guys were so pumped when they were. Absolutely. Uh, awesome, man. Uh, you know, that's not their first time. I mean, they, you know, they trained oh, on yeah. that, you know, quite yeah. a bit and you could tell, I mean, so those guys are definitely. Yeah, they made it look easy, on. man. Awesome. Hey dude, it was great, man. I, I don't know. I, I put it on the record. I just watched it a couple of times and it was great. So, so I mean, in your guys' program, um, so what does a firefighter need? What do you, which, how should they prepare to, to go through your guys' program in the smoke diver program there in Oklahoma? I mean, Obviously, you have to be in good shape, or you're not going to pass a program. I mean, what is there? What do you suggest? Is this quite a bit of running, cardio, uh, upper body strength? Man, so so when we started our program, we so we we've trained, you know, in a, in about a three year time period, Robert. We've taken over twenty um, Tulsa firefighters to Georgia, and so the first time, you know, it was me and Brian and six other guys, and. And we train, you, you have, the one thing I can tell you above anything else is you have to train in your gear because you're going to be in everything we're going to ask you to do, including PT, you're going to do in your gear. Um, so, so there's a big difference between training in shorts and tennis shoes and training in bunker gear. It's, it's a game changer. Sure. But, you know, our philosophy, and, and, and so if you, if you went and asked the Georgia guy, I think the answer would be, hey, find another smoke diver. And they'll tell you what you need to do. We took a little different approach um, because we are a new program. And, and we want our – the program is hard enough all by itself. Um, you don't have to add any adversity to it. So we actually we, – we train – if we're taking Tulsa guys to Georgia, we have a 17-week program. And it's kind of crawl, walk, run. Um, and so we, we build up capacity just in regular PT gear. And then we transition to uh, bunker gear and we, and we break that and we go back and then we build capacity up in our bunker gear. And so, but we've posted all of our stuff online. If you go to our Facebook page, um, Oklahoma Smoke Divers Facebook page, our 17 week program is there for anybody to see. Um, and it's exactly what we did, what we have, what he and I both done and, and what we've trained other people to do. Um, to go there it, and it all it's going to do is is physically prepare you for the course um, if you show up there thinking that PT is going to get you ready you're you won't make it past the first 10 minutes right because our our PT sessions they're they're created for a purpose um, they're they're hard they are difficult and and other than um, just about every day that you do PT you're going to do it in bunker gear with a pack Right. So, but, but like Chad said, the, you know, the PT um, and, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there about this program or that program. And, and it's, it's been perceived by some people that the PT um, is to punish people. So the main, you know, the, I can say the one difference between Mississippi 
and then our program or Georgia's or Indiana's is Mississippi. There's not PT, but you're doing a lot more evolutions in the day. Like at Mississippi's program, which it's awesome. There's no teaching component. You show up day one, you do the PT test, you hit the ground running and you're doing eight evolutions a day. You pass or fail. Um, where our programs are. So, so the point is by the end of the first day, you're in full gear, masking on all day, doing all this. You're getting tired by the end of the first day where our program it's teaching. You're, you're teaching more the first three days. So we had to figure out a way to get guys tired like Mississippi does. Um, so by the day four, when we're putting the guys through the scenarios, they're tired. Uh, I can tell you that I don't know. Um, well, actually, I do know who runs Indiana's. Georgia and, and, and like ours, we've got um, almost every guy that's on the PT field are ex-military. Well, the guy that leads us that was Army Ranger. We've got a couple guys that were Marines. Um, so it's not uh, – we don't it, – it's run very professionally. It's not punishment. It's just to get the guys fatigued, do it for about an hour, move on, we start the training. Right. Um, so like so, you know, like like Chad said, the 17 week program. Um, but what if if guys go on the Facebook, what they'll also see is it's not all just physical fitness. You know, we might have a day where we say run easy easy three mile run, practice the Denver drill, or or practice forcible entry. It's still we're still incorporating skills in into the training. But the 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 thing is, it's once we get past like the first month or two, it almost everything's in gear, and we use the analogy of in Oklahoma, like football is, is the sport in Oklahoma. Um, almost everyone played football here. And so every group we start training, we're like, Hey, when you played football, you started off in your, you started off in shorts and then you went to pads and then you were training in full gear in, in preparation for the season. So it's like so many firefighters, they don't train in their gear. They train over here, but then they show up to a house fire and they got all this stuff on and it's a total game changer, you know, as you, and you guys know Absolutely. this, I mean, like, just putting the gear on and your, your heart rate, your, your, your adrenaline, by the time you walk to the house, you're at like 110 beats per minute if you're in shape. So like, if you're not practicing and all that, it's like, like the military used to say, train like you fight. That's one of our mottos, you know? It is. Now, obviously we're wearing clean gear. We're fortunate that we had about 50 sets donated to us that were out of date. Nice. So we're not, we're not saying, Hey, we're not saying train your frontline gear. That's, that's ridiculous. Right. But, we're fortunate that we have the gear that we can let the guys wear through the training. Very nice. So if, if for all the firefighters out there listening, firefighter kingdom, um, what, how, so how, how do they uh, apply or what's, is there a prerequisite or how, how do they get into your program for those that so, are interested? So if they just go to our website, which is www.oklahomasmokediver.com, there's a contact on, it looks like most websites on the top right is a contact tab and then brian and i's uh, email information is both on there and they can send either one of us an email that just says hey we're interested in your program uh we'll send them back a little link so they can fill out some information for us and then we'll we keep their we keep their info and then the next time we are getting ready to do a qualification test for a class uh we'll send them we'll send them an email the other thing is really just follow us either on our Facebook page or our Instagram and, and our links are there on our website as well, because we, we put out a lot of information, even like right now, um, our next class won't be until March of 2021, but you know, we're still putting out, Hey, this is what we did for training today. Or, you know, this is something we're doing. So we kick a lot of information out via our social media platforms. Okay, great. 
So, um, <clears throat> so we have, you know, my co-host Vince Trujillo, uh, we have a community statement here and, you know, sometimes, you know, you, uh, you gentlemen and I are talking, you know, firefighter stuff and we use like kind of some lingo that maybe the public don't understand, but, uh, you know, so we have uh, uh, Vince Trujillo here. He has a few questions for you guys. And so what's going on, Vince? How you doing, brother? All right. Yeah, thanks, Robert. And, you know, thanks thanks for having you guys on, too. This has been uh, just amazing. I, I loved hearing about this, you know. So from the public perspective, I'm not going to rehash some of what Robert's already gone through. But, uh, you know, it sounds like a, this is a program that we really need nationwide for some of these firefighter areas and, and, and giving a firefighters an advanced kind of uh, uh, sharpening so that they can then, like you, as you were saying, you go to this advanced training, you go to this elite training, you get trained in scenarios in your school anyways that were uh, maybe uh, you said uh, where people had died in, firefighters had died in, and then they can take that training back to where, um, you know, the local fire stations. I'm wondering wh- why isn't this an a, a accredited or maybe this is like supported in training because it, it sounds like something that would be very, very useful. And, you know, I know that would cause co- that would have to have to have somebody come up with the program that then everyone accepts or, I mean, like uh, wh- what do you think is the, the, the best use of this if you wanted to grow it? So that's a great question. Um, and I'll, you know, I'm going to be as politically correct as I can here. And so, so Georgia, back in the day, they, they did it through the state, their state fire college. And, you know, kind of the short version is a lot of it, it, it once you get it in through, through an accredited agency and start pushing out of the state fire college, they weren't happy with the pass rate. And they were, you know, pay, people are, are paying to take this course. It's not like you're, it's not like every fire course you go to where everyone gets a certificate at the end. And, um, you know, without, you know, without getting too involved with what happened with them, um, they wanted control of their program. They wanted to be able to say, this is what we're going to focus on. They just want to control of it. So they, they stepped away from the college and they started a 501 C. Um, and that's exactly what we did it is, is, um, our 50 will get you a cup of coffee, but, Pretty, pretty much why why it's not we want to keep control of it you know we want to be able to say these are the things that we're going to train on and and the reality is some some people don't like that everyone doesn't pass and that's a real that's a real point of contention with a lot of departments um, they don't want to send their their they don't want to pay the money and send their firefighters to the training um, if they're not going to pass pass or get a certificate but the interesting thing about this program is that and Georgia's kept, you know, we're, we're new, but Georgia's kept a lot of, st- they've kept a lot of data. And I want to say, and Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, but over 50% of people that don't pass, they come back because right. even like, you know, you know, even the guys that were just there for a couple of days, they're seeing, they're, you're learning so much that they're coming back. Um, so, it, you know, without, ta- without talking all day, it's, it, it, it's something that could definitely benefit um, every state, but you, it, it's just hard to get the a collegiate to, to get a college uh, in this program, maybe on the same page, you know, you're, you're, they're looking at students are paying and they're, and they're giving them their hours. We're not worried about that. We're, we're worried about teaching firefighters that are things that are going to save their life. And so it's kind of in a perfect world, we could marry them together. And, and we're actually in a unique situation here in Tulsa where, um, we have a partnership with the community college and that conversation has been had of, Hey, 
could we offer this? But once I told them, they're still interested in it, but once I told them the pass rate, they kind of balked a little bit at it. So right. that that's that's this course that's kind of the hang up right there. Well, the let's be honest. Um, you know, you know, so the, we've been firefighters for a while, right, Brian and Chad. So uh, you know, so there's a way sometimes that you train and then there's a way sometimes that you do it on the on the job. You know, sometimes yeah. that happens, you know, and I think your guys this kind of my research of the guys' program, I, th- I think you guys basically are, are training the way you play. You know what I mean? You're, you're training the way you actually go out and do the job in the field. And I, yeah. I kind of I see that's what your program rolls. And, and Vince, the other probably part of your question is this. And, and Brian and I have been – he's been the chief of training. I was a, one of his training officers. It, it, it's a – when you're it, – it, there's no knock on, on fire departments. Every fire department is going to train – their new their new hires coming in and they train to a standard um this training is not for everybody by any means and and it and it's not a knock because we fight that a lot when we were when we were beginning this program we were going to donors we got that question asked us a lot why isn't this just normal training for uh, our firefighters um it's it's a higher level like you said maybe i don't know that i would use advanced but it, it when you break it down at the end of the day, it's very basic skills. We're not teaching anyone skills that aren't taught to them in most of your your basic cadet academies. The difference that that we're applying is the physical and mental fatigue um, that's being applied to them. And and like I said, all of our scenarios are 1403 compliant, um, but we're trying to make that uh, learning environment as stressful as we possibly can. Um, to, to recreate that stress and get them to make some critical decision, uh, develop some critical decision-making skills. So, you know, is it, what we hope is like Brian said in the beginning is everybody that comes through our program is going to go back home to their department and they're going to share. And, and that's how you, you make the impact around, you know, Brian joked about we're taking the world over. Um, you know, that's what we want. We want we want smoke divers in every state in every department, and we want them to go back and teach, but we want them to do it humbly and you know with the servants. You know, servant leadership is a big staple of our programs. And, so, and go ahead, go ahead. So it just sounds like you're you're uh, that 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 would be ideal if you could get it into more states, and uh, I guess that would just be interesting to see how that that could happen. And, you know, I think you, you, you are, you know, maybe not advanced or elite and you want to be humble about it. I think the line of duty training is, is exceptional way of, you know, let's look at the biggest mistakes or maybe some of the biggest scenarios we've heard from. And then you train people up on that. That sounds just like a, a great thing to do. And I I think that would just be very beneficial. um, If you had that in more States, do you have any plans on how to get that in more States or do you have some sort of outline of that? So our, our program is the, is the, if you look at the United States, we're obviously the furthest West we're, we're calling it the Midwestern division, if you will. But you know, luckily when we had our first class, we, we had um, candidates from six States come to our qualification, Um, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Kansas, uh, Mississippi, or Missouri and Arkansas. And, and when we graduated our class in March, we put the first, smoke diver in Missouri. We put the first smoke diver in Arkansas. We added smoke divers in Kansas, Texas, and Oklahoma. So we're slowly, 
we're slowly moving our way across the country and and anyone from the u.s can come to to our program um like i said georgia has has guys from idaho oklahoma indiana you know we've got a guy from wisconsin um we're we're spread out everywhere so the the goal is just to keep pushing and maybe you know maybe somebody comes through our program from New Mexico and, and goes back and says, Hey, I want to start a smoke diver program. That's, that's the way it expands. Okay. That sounds great. So, so last question, thank, thanks for everything you all do. Um, and, uh, the train that you, uh, have been going through and trying to grow this, I think it's an exceptional program. I'd like to hear more. So I made a mistake. Actually, I actually talked to these guys and I was like, I called them smoke jumpers and they said, <laughs> we're not smoke jumpers. So, you know, this is stuff when I, you know, working with Robert now, I, I make mistakes like that. You know, I don't want to mess up someone's, you know, rank or anything, but I do that all the time. So, uh, for those listening out there, smoke divers, that's particular to your program or the group of States that you have is it, it, they all call themselves smoke divers. Yeah. So, you know, Whenever I went through the program in 2003, I'd like, like, I'm a big research nerd. Like I like to read and, and, uh, you know, and so I tried to like track down, okay, what, what, why smoke divers, you know? Um, cause you know, at the time my dad was living in Montana, but they have the smoke jumpers there. So I, I have a smoke diver shirt and everyone would see my jump out of planes. Now so many people ask me, I just say, yeah, yeah, I jump out of planes. But, <laughs> but basically, you know, I heard for some, some, some older guys have been through, it was like, you know, someone made, you know, firefighters used to just dive off into the smoke when they roll up to a fire, dive off into it, you know, jump off into it, dive off into it and smoke divers. Oh, okay. You know, that, that's, that, that's how it was explained to me. Um, so yeah, man, but yeah, I, I've, I've been asked probably a hundred times if I jump out of planes and, 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 uh, now I just say, yep. Uh, so, it's easier to go into a half hour explanation with somebody exactly. it's, not a firefighter. it's yep. better especially if you don't have time i just yeah just <laughs> hey, hey thanks so much for having you guys on i appreciate that so uh if people want to know how so some of the firefighters listening like robert said you had you had the website who should apply and uh how does that help you expand it into your state so someone should apply who want not only wants to test themselves go through the rigor of it uh you know have a challenge but also have a servant attitude and some Someone who may want to bring that school to their own state is that who should be applying right now like what, what's your pitch yeah, to some you know, of these people it's like, listening it's like um initially georgia their, their kind of um informal policy was they wanted guys with you know I, I think they used to say two to three years on you know it's like we want guys and girls that have been on long enough that learn how to be a firefighter you know would it help you coming straight from cadet school yeah you're still going to learn but have, have a year or two or three years. I have a couple of years on and, you know, kind of get in the groove. You're, you need to learn your job first, you know, focus on that. Um, and then, and then it's really like all the, all of the things that you said, Vince, I mean, uh, if you just want to, um, you know, tighten up your game or if you've got a servant's heart and you, and you want to go and bring this stuff back, or, you know, maybe you've got a dream of, uh, bringing the program, you know, to your state, I can tell you this. Um, I, I, I joke with, with the guys in Georgia that had, I, had we known how, much work was involved you know i don't know we still i don't know that we would have done it but once we started um it was like most firemen it's the challenge of oh, okay i can't do it. you think i can't do it? well watch this you know um but it's it this program it's it's been a labor of love you know um we don't no one gets paid that's another cool thing i want to give props to our first class we had 89 i don't know like 80 instructors from georgia somewhere around there we had structures from 
Texas, you know, all over the place. They all came into Tulsa for free. You know, it actually, um, the Georgia guys, again, they, they, they compiled data. It actually cost all the Georgia guys, I, don't, like, I think I think it was like 50 grand or something, and all the time they took off and shift trades and getting covered, they all came on their own. No one's getting paid. It's it's That's what's so awesome about this program and why I love it so much is, is we're around like-minded people that we're here actually want to make the fire service better um so if that sounds interesting or you know you you want to just challenge yourself uh you know all the above events it, it's anyone and, and everyone uh someone you can benefit from this program all right yeah thank so you all for, thank you all for being on so much if everyone needs to get some information give us the the website one more time uh it's www.oklahomasmokediver.com all right thanks so much guys i'm gonna turn it over to robert now i appreciate you on all right, Chad and Brian. Well, hey, you know it was a it was a an honor to have you guys on, man, and it was a treat for sure just to have you guys on. And you know, and I enjoy talking to firefighters all across the United States, and that's why I enjoy being a pep instructor also with Chad and just uh, learning about things that are out there. I, sometimes I think firefighters just don't know everything that's out there, and there's a lot of yeah. things to learn. And your program is a good program. And one thing uh, I think is going to sell your guys' program is, uh, you know, just being that you teach your students to be humble, you know, when they go back to their community and they, you guys, you know, you encourage them to train the other firefighters on, on the techniques and, and, and uh, at you guys providing your, in your program. So I think that's great. Um, so again, thank you very much. Um, don't uh, uh, share us on your Facebook and we'll, we'll put you guys in the firefighter kingdom Facebook right. also. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Absolutely. And we'll go from there. And again, Brian and Chad, thank you. It's been a it's been a great time and some good information to share with the uh, the firefighters in, in the United States. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having hey, us on, man. Thanks for having us, man. It's going to help our program. And you know, the more the more exposure we get, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll have four or five dudes from New Mexico in the next one. So absolutely. Awesome. And uh, yeah, when I'm next time in Oklahoma, man, I'll meet up with you and Chad, and oh yeah, we'll have a cold sure, one. So, me and Chad know yeah. what that's like, right, Chad? For sure. <laughs> so, all right, all right. Again, have bro. a good one, man. Thank you, guys. All right, later, man. All right, all right. Signing off from from uh, Firefighter Kingdom, Robert Sanchez, your host, and my co-host uh, producer um, Vince Trujillo. We'll see you till next time. Hey, and everybody who's listening right now, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also go to www.firefighterkingdom.com. Check out our Facebook page too, Firefighter Kingdom, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.